This is Fresh Ed, a weekly podcast that makes complex ideas in educational research easily understood. I'm your host, Will Brem. Today, we take stock of the Sustainable Development Goals, which were adopted by the United Nations three years ago. With me is Sylvia Montoya, who is the director of the UNESCO Institute of Statistics. UIS is charged with monitoring the SDGs, which is a very complex process. She says things like this at UNESCO meetings. In our conversation, which we had on the sidelines of the Global Education Meeting in Brussels, we dive into the problems and challenges of trying to measure concepts like literacy, global citizenship, and sustainability. So this is actually a challenge in this moment. We haven't reached an agreement yet about how to measure adult and and youth literacy. The only metric that is there is a metric that is good for very developed countries that are more or less at the same level of a structure of the economy. Sylvia Montoya, welcome to Fresh Ed. Okay, thank you so much and thank you for having me and uh, just a great opportunity for us to share what we're doing and trying to see if we could help to help them, the SDGs actually. So what does UIS or the UNESCO Institute of Statistics do vis-a-vis the Sustainable Development Goals? Yes, I mean, uh, this is a good opportunity to explain the UNESCO Institute for Statistics. It's the statistical branch of UNESCO. What we do is that we are the repository of data, mainly in education, but also we work in science, culture, and communication, and innovation. So we have a much broader mandate. And uh, the UIS not only collects data on a comparable basis, we collect data and we transform into indicators that are comparable because they need some extra work to see what are the definitions that each country has. And we define standards to actually to achieve that comparability. This is a very relevant issue because if we want really to, to talk and to understand each other, we need to have a common language. Mm-hmm. If without the common language and understanding what we're talking about, it's very difficult to reach agreement or to understand and to what, where we should go. So these comparable indicators demand that that extra effort of actually the data be transformed into something comparable for talking about the same or under the same uh, criteria. And uh, we do that for, for, for these different areas. And we have been doing that since uh, the year 2000 and basically at the end of 1999, the UIS has been set and since then it has been actually having this role. They happen the Millennium Development Goals that have three global indicators. But then they were focused on actually having the kids in school and gender equality that were basically the main two drivers and the right to education to the number of years in education that were the main three focuses. Now with the Sustainable Development Goal, it was a kind of a realization, the kind of a wake-up call about the fact that everything is related to the environment, to education, health, science, uh, 
the, the cities, the way you live in the cities, and the way you actually treat the oceans, and, and life under the sea, and life in the... So you have different aspects, poverty, labor, everything is interrelated. So for this reason, we came with the Sustainable Development Goals. The president committed to this broader agenda that everything is connected. And education comes as a catalyzer of this, that the SDG 4. And it's the SDG 4, uh, UNESCO has a very strong political leadership. It's the goal is eventually the only one who has such a one driver that is convening all the stakeholders and the different interests of work. And this is at the political level. At the technical level, the, the UIS as a branch of UNESCO. We have taken the technical leadership in this broader agenda that is not only about having the kids in school, but it's also about the kids learning, it's about the kids uh, integrated in the labor market, it's about the, the equity in the different moments of this uh, lifetime, and it's also about how you interact with the rest of the members of the society, how you treat the environment, how are these different aspects that have to be with the sustainability of the world. So the UIS has actually seen the agenda of work being multiplied by different factors that are related to all these new areas. And these new areas are difficult because they are new. And because they are new, we are not really understanding in, for everybody what we talk about when we actually talk about some concept that we think that in general they are good. Uh, on, the, on the concept or idea, but then we need to define what they are. Even if we think a little bit, for instance, uh, the indicators are contemplating different areas in different moments in time. Mm. So we have in early childhood, we have in primary and basic education, we have indicators related to uh, skills and labor market, and we have indicators related to youth and adults. And uh, we have also indicators related to the expenditure and related to the condition of the school environment that are relevant. But we also have uh, to define different areas, and there, is, there are no concepts that even if we really think we understand the concept, they are not that clear. Such as? Reading and mathematics. What is reading and mathematics at the end of primary in different continents and in different countries? It depends a lot on the country's possibilities, the variety of languages that the country have at the national level, and what are the speed at which some of the subjects are taught the written and oral tradition that operates in the countries, because depends on the, on the tradition. I come from a Spanish-speaking country, and the written tradition is much more powerful than the oral tradition that is dominated in some other cultures, like in Africa, for instance. So the concepts are, in general, a little bit more difficult to define, but still, written and mathematics that are kind of supposedly easier have taken three years of a time to reach an agreement on what are the concepts that every child has, an, has a, the right to learn and what are the minimum level that they should achieve. So but you can actually agree to have a comparable indicator on something like literacy. We have agreed on this. And one. who's agreeing? Who actually comes into an agreement here? Okay, who is coming to an agreement? This is a really very interesting question because in the, in the uh, in the previous mandate of the MDGs, the agreement was between the, the major agencies that were working. With the SDGs, the agreement came from a group of countries and stakeholders. So what we do is that we have in a, in a table a technical cooperation group that has representatives from all the regions in the planet. You have stakeholders, you have civil society, you have donors. 
So we actually work and we have in the case of learning assessment, we have also as well organizations that are administering learning assessment. You have a OECD with PISA, you have IEA that administer the, the test in science and mathematics, and you have different regional initiatives. So all these people, it has taken a while, three years actually, to come to an agreement of what is reading and mathematics in each of the points of uh, basic education and to agree on the minimum level. But this is not ending there. We really need to go to other areas. We need to go to youth and adults. And for instance, what is literacy right now? Is this enough with reading your name or knowing how to write a simple words like apple or orange or something like that? Or do you need to have a much complex management of basic concepts to live in society? Because nobody today is enough with reading a simple word or a simple phrase. And then how do you end up testing that to see if there's actually is learning taking place in literacy, right? Because the very way in which a question is even asked assumes a particular idea of literacy. In some cultures or in some countries, you may show or the, the very question used to sort of monitor the level of learning of literacy may, there may be some cultural differences there and that might skew the results. No, that's a definitely a question and it has been a concern for this reason it has taken a, a time. Uh, this is very adequate because uh, I mean the challenge is that you have to measure the set of uh, skills in a particular context mm -hmm. and without the, taking into account the context anything that you measure is totally unfair. Mm. So we have actually taken and focused more on the type of uh, skills that in a, in a way exactly how you measure. It is oral, it is written, what type of items you use or questions, because many people think, oh, I need to have the same question and ask the same question to different people. It's clear that this is not the way. Mm. Because, I mean, the text, even the texts are meaningful in some in some uh, cases, and they are not meaningful into some other cases. If you live in a city and you're testing a child that is in the city and you talk about activities that are mainly outdoors and are actually part of their life, it's, it's really very likely that the child is not used to the situation. So in itself, the challenge is different because you're asking him or her to put in a situation that is not familiar to them and they cannot and they get distracted. So it's a whole art, so we have actually focused on trying to define at the broader level what are the skills that they need to have. But we have rich consensus in basic education. For youth mm -hmm. and adults, it has become more complicated because the literacy levels or the need to understand some instructions or the way of integrating the society in this moment depends a lot on the country, depends on the reality, depends if it's rural or urban. So this is actually a challenge in this moment. We haven't reached an agreement yet uh, about how to measure adult and, and youth literacy. The only metrics that is there is a metric that is good for very developed countries that are more or less at the same level of, of, of a structure of the economy. So you could assume that the instrument or the test is reasonable measuring differences in skills. We are really working into trying to see how we develop another test that are adequate or context specific, and this is one of the challenges. But there you have one of the challenges we are facing in this new SDG era, because this is a lot of research and areas of work that need still to be done. So there is a need to try to understand better, and I think that this is one merit of the SDGs that are raising attention and actually focusing the, att focusing the attention of these kind of issues 
and trying to actually to focus also in the differences of, of the skills because at the end of the day we should be in some moment we're going to converge and everybody's going to progress and we're going to assuming we're going to progress towards equitable levels of uh, skills and, and learning and supposedly we are going to have to have the same set of uh, skills but what happens if we're in such a different points and we really need to actually to go into that we also need to be fair, so we need to generate tests that are allowing for these differences in this moment. And this is a kind of a brand area of work that needs to have funding, that needs to have research, and that needs to have also some understanding that the contexts are different. I think that in, in, to some extent in the last three years, the whole community has reacted in a very positive way to understand the broader differences. There are still challenges related to funding, yeah. There are challenges related to uh, research and how we could bridge towards research, how research also could be more operational mm. to be serving better the measurement challenges and could serve better to also to the policy challenges that the countries face at the time of implementation. Though these are the kind of things that the, the UIS has actually been facing the last yeah. three years. It's an agenda that is incorporating learning. It's not only learning in reading and mathematics, is learning across the life cycle, is early childhood also as well, is uh, incorporating the discussion about global citizenship and education for sustainability in a context that there is no agreement on what it means. So, I mean, and let's, I'd, I'd actually like to talk a little bit about that, the SDG 4.7, the yeah. global citizenship education, the education for sustainability, I think human rights is also included mm. in this. I mean, it's this big, long list of very difficult terms to understand, and they all seem to be mixed into one target. And so the question I have is, you know, what sort of conversations go on among the stakeholders to even come into agreement about how that target should be monitored? Like, is that even possible? Yeah, I mean, uh, this is really, I, I think it's most difficult eventually of the of the ones to work on because as you said, everything has been kind of embedded there and encrypted in one concept. And the problem is that you, when we try to unfold a little bit and unpack what is there, it's not clear what global citizenship is and it's not clear what education for sustainability is. Some people agree that they could be split and some others on the other hand, on the other side said no, it's, a, it's just a concept that is so intertwined and, and connected that you cannot split the two aspects. So, so far, if the target in itself is, I think that it has a, the, we, ha, we shouldn't forget that the SDGs are formative. So there is an intention to signal what issues we should be concerned about. So in that sense, it has installed in itself the target uh, as a, a desire of the countries. I mean, this is conversation about being willing to commit to different aspects related to what the target uh, says is something that seems that the country have reacted and the community also as well in general. To that. The issue is that how they implement and how we measure is very complicated. We have only one indicator at the global level in that target that is related more to policies. Is that how the countries are incorporated in four different aspects, concepts related to global citizenship and education for sustainability. They shouldn't be the same concept and it should be different grade degrees of implementation. So it's about the curriculum, it's about the policies, the laws, 
It's about the teacher's profession. It's about if they have some learning, some learning assessments, some way of measuring. But the concepts are not yet defined because we have been these three years. There have been a lot of conversation and work, and, but it has not been possible to say this is global citizenship, this is education for sustainability. Instead of that, there seem to be aspects or symptoms of those concepts that are over there. So there are issues related to gender equality, to respect for diversity, for human rights, um, for bullying, for discrimination, concepts of this type that the environmental sciences, uh, how you treat the environment and some concepts of biology, but it's not clear. In this moment it's not clear, there are more aspects or expressions that the clear definition that makes it means a lot of a little difficult to guide countries about what to do and about the concept so in itself what has happened is that UNESCO has by the end of the 70s a kind of a discussion about a convention trying to adhere to a kind of a, a recommendations about these concepts obviously recommendation for the last 70s 50 years or 40 years later, is a good and bad, is really bad that still the convention is valid, it's not a good sign for the world that still <laughs> the, the, the convention is uh, an umbrella, it's just a little bit depressing I would say. On the other hand it's clear that the convention is an umbrella that you can come with a way of making it operational. It still was a declaration, a big declaration that needs to be de defined at operational level. And then we have a colleagues in UNESCO headquarters in the Division for Sustainability has been working on a questionnaire to try to get a sense of what's going on and what the countries are doing because we have to report for this convention. So at least there has been agreement on reporting every four years, that is a step forward in this, and there has been a first attempt of a questionnaire that is more asking countries about the series of, of aspects of global citizenship and education for sustainability that could be actually observing the countries and there is an indicator that, that is going to be improving the next wave of the consultation uh, that still is under consideration for the group that decides if the, if the indicator is approved or not. But you collect information and at least for this first step allows to map what the countries are doing according to their own words. I mean, not necessarily everybody needs to have the various aspects. We are really not clear what aspects need to be actually put into place because the concept is not clear. I have been asked in the last meeting of the group that is deciding on these indicators that is at the level of the U.S. Statistical Commission, a specific group on SDGs. The countries were asking, but what is the concept? And they said, no, there is no concept. What we have actually agreed is that there is a menu of aspects and then the countries could have the different aspects and this is something that they, we really need to, to actually to take a deeper look. This seems to be very difficult really. I mean it sounds like it would be very difficult to then compare countries of global citizenship if they take different aspects of that concept. Yes, I mean I think that in this moment what we could compare is the progress towards incorporating aspects related to these two broad concepts that compare the countries between them. Right. So if the country, if you agree or more or less without a, a clear definition, 
if 10 concepts need to be there, like gender equality, human rights, and, 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 and other areas, environment and things, eventually the country is doing a good job with having three or four only addressed, and they don't need to have the 10. But in this moment, we're not sure, because the concept is, has not been defined, what is even not acceptable. So we're just trying to progress as much as the countries are incorporating the concept or more concepts in different areas. This is a little bit of the proposal of the indicator in trying to land in some space that allows to collect data, that allows us to get the sense of what's going on, allows to see if there is progress, but at the same time it's, it does not allow to have a comparison because you, uh, you don't have that one. And but maybe that's impossible, right? I mean, it just seems like even coming up with an agreed definition to global citizenship education might not even be possible by 2030 when the goals are supposed to be achieved. I mean, do you think you'll be able to actually come into an agreement on the meaning, let alone figuring out ways to measure it and operationalize it? No, I, I think that the, hopefully there will be at least some, some kind of agreement, I would say, of at minimum, what minimum level of global citizenship education for sustainability. I mean, we don't know, I don't know the penalty or the codes or the laws in particular of, of even of my country at such a detail to know if I, what, what the kind of uh, an offense to some law could be, but I know if I, I, I kill someone with no reason, it's bad. So I think that we could aspire at least to know what kind of, of issues at least need to be at the minimum or respected by that moment. It has proven to be very difficult, this one, because uh, we have some attempts in terms of the World Value Survey that is measuring, we have the European attempt, and you see that there are differences even in, in areas of the world that are more homogeneous and have actually faced through history processes even of, of trying to define common areas like the European area. And uh, we have also some attempts in terms of assessment, like um, there is a test on civic education that is administered on kids on the first year of, of secondary education. This test is very difficult. The countries are reluctant to intervene uh, because it's very difficult to, I, I actually administered, tried to administer in Argentina twice, and it has been the, old, the one that gave me a terrible headache. Why? Because, I mean, protesting. I mean, there are some expression of citizenship. I mean, in some cultures, unfortunately, when you protest, you make a big noise, or you do, or you cut the streets, or you burn tires, and this is part of the, of the culture, or the way of expressing uh, disagreement. And in other culture, the correct is not expressing any disagreement. So it's bad one or the other. Eventually, you could agree that in the long term, it's better not to cut the streets and burn tires because there are some other concepts. But at the same time, you wouldn't get a sense of people replying to a test and saying this is bad to burn tires or to cut the street because they are used to that way of, of right actually. different ways of civic Ex engagement. Civic engagement. Right. I mean, you see the, the also issues of the of the school system. I have been living in the United States for almost 10 years, and when your kids go to the school there, you are, as parents, you are supposed to have a major engagement and to go to meetings and to go to participate, and you see that it's a driving force that everybody, that I would say that is correct because it creates a lot of ownership about the in many, in many areas of the world, in many countries, this is not part of the culture. In general, because of the culture, you, and I come eventually from one that is evolving, but not too many years ago, 
you assume that the teachers and the schools knew what to do with the kids, you just leave the kids in the door of the school, in the entrance, <laughs> and then you come and pick them, right. and you don't get involved into, into internal into decisions right. of business, and then through time this is changing, but actually these are this, these different ways of actually of expressing and engaging also as well. So what are the expressions, what are the ways of operating, depends on the culture, depends on on, on, on even violence or some ways and not that will defend, but you, that there are different ways. There Absolutely. are different ways. Uh, when you come from different areas, I mean, have half Spanish, half Italian, you know that the ways of many things are different between the two mm -hmm. cultures and you see that cultural differences as you go right. and you travel around the world. But, you know, I mean, it reminds me of the climate strikes that students are participating in in Australia today. and. You know, on the one hand, these are students that are taking action into their own hands, saying we're fed up with fossil fuel um, production out of Australia, and we want to make a stand to say, you know, we want to fight against climate change, which sounds to me to be very much part of the sustainable development goals. They're including yeah. uh, global citizenship education, environmental protection, climate change. So all of these things that they're they're sort of embodying in their very strike or in their protest but the government of australia comes out and says you know these students are bad we should send them back to school they shouldn't take days off so it almost seems it's it's not necessarily cultural in that regard but it's it's this political issue and you can see you know for me those students in a sense are representing global citizens they're they're actively engaged in a topic of global importance no, I think that definitely, and actually this is a planet that they are owning, and if we see from what we were, when we were children to now, you see the issue of the climate and how it changes, it's not too foreign to us. I think that this is the way of the way of protesting of how you express, and also I don't know, what are, are they having the channels institutionalized to actually to find another way of protesting? I mean, I don't know, eventually they don't know, or there, there are no channels to actually to express mm -hmm. the, the discontent, and I think that the... Also in the SDGs, you have a youth here sitting and representing youth, and in the morning they were expression of this. Uh, this is actually part of the voices because in some moment it's not because eventually they are not. We are not writing everything, everybody, and uh, we know uh, all this. But there are different voices and there are spaces. I mean, I, I think my question will be: Are we giving? Are we generating the spaces for this? At the end of the day, it's much more their world than ours. But I think that these are the questions that actually they should be come to an agreement and the way of actually how this actually funnel and how we actually express our our different views. In PISA, in PISA from OECD and the test for 15 years older, they, they tried to agree on a module on global citizenship and they couldn't actually found an agreement after four or five years. And they have come to say, okay, this is not going to be part of PISA, it's going to be a module and see who is coming. And I, I don't know how many countries, but they were, if they were, were a few only willing to participate in the module. So I think that the concept is very, really complicated. It comes to values, to religions, to culture, to political, right. it's policy. it has all this sensitiveness right. also at the same time. But to some extent, I think that the, the way we're trying to solve for the time being is try to see at least, try to map what do people talk when they talk about global citizenship and education for sustainability. And I think that the first step is also going to give an understanding of what are the different uh, uh, kind of uh, concepts that are there. 
were really worried in the sense that also would be good if we could converge as soon as possible, at least to agree on a set of minimum issues that we consider that they should be incorporated in in everybody. I mean, I don't think that anybody will fight too much about some issues about gender equality or uh, some basic human rights. And I think that the, in that sense, if the SDGs are are formative as a formative tool they're trying also to learn we don't have to have everything ready right now it's just a collective process of uh, of learning and also learning from each other is that how much are we guiding what the countries are doing mm -hmm. and what they should be uh, incorporating i think that eventually we have to take another um, shortcuts like mapping policies and mapping what type of policies they are taking and try to see how they express in different ways uh, the implementation of these concepts in their understanding and try to see uh, what are really uh, going beyond what there are already human de like declarations of human rights or major issues that you know that are wrong right. you don't need to contest this too much uh, but in itself, this indicator needs still a lot of covening, a lot of uh, conversations, and almost obviously we're worried because, I mean, there are issues that are related to, to sustainable and sustainability of the, of the world and the planet at itself that is really very dangerous. Mm. And uh, it's, very, it's going to be very dangerous, and it seems to be that some of the issues need to have a, a training and retraining very quickly because we see how much it changed. I am really amazed about the warming, the global warming and things of this type. It's really desperating to see that the war is coming there. I mean, yeah. it's really incredible. Is that an indicator for UIS on the Sustainable Development Goals? A measure of the Earth's warming? We don't have, I mean, we have indicators the UIS because of the mandate. We have a uh, we have indicators on uh, uh, on education, on science, the number of researchers. We have indicators on innovation and in, in heritage at the city level. Uh, UNESCO has other indicators on oceans, but we don't have indicators on environment. They are not falling, and these are actually finding very difficult mm. to define because actually in the indicator in in goal 13 that is related to climate and climate change while working with the UNFCC. The indicator 13.1 that is related to, to respect for the sustainable aspects of the planet uh, is based also in the curriculum and the policies. They are going to use the indicator, global indicator of UNESCO if we succeed in upgrading, in, in making it operational, this mapping. Yeah. And uh, the second indicator that is in the set there is related to how you strengthen the capacity of the individuals and of the societies to respect climate and sustainability and this. And uh, we have proposed now to use uh, to uh, the organization that, that deals with climate change at the global level in the UN to see if they could use some of the tests that are related to sustainability. They have science that are PISA and teams to see if they could actually take as an indicator for building the capacity at the individual level. But the issue is that the indicator is about building the capacity at the society level at the community level so i think that there is a further development there mm. 
to try to use, and, and these are the kind of things we are concerned. We are not the custodian, we are not in charge of the indicator, we are trying to help to see if we can find shortcuts. But I think that this could be actually work a little bit, because you already know that there are some messages that you don't need specific indicators to deliver, and eventually we have to try to implement some way of asking governments to make a stronger commitment in their policies to some aspect related to sustainability of the yeah, environment. I mean, so it's been three years since the Sustainable Development Goals have been adopted. And I want to just ask your opinion. Do you think in these three years, do we see a qualitative difference from what the global community is doing towards these global goals than what was happening during the Millennium Development Goal period? No, I think that there has been a huge progress. I mean, on my view is has been in terms of the UN system and the other multilaterals that are related, World Bank, OCD and the rest, there is a huge attempt to not duplicate job, to do partnership, to actually to improve the quality, to see how the questions can avoid to be duplicated when it comes to data collection. The issue of the understanding that this is an agenda that affects everybody because the Millennium Development Goals it's true that the world countries are needed to have that help, but actually it was not the focus. In the interconnected world, if they, in the developed countries they don't treat better in the environment, everybody is actually affected by that. And, and if they have more money, they have actually the same way that we have taxes, they have some way they need to spill and to help the rest of the world, because it's for everybody's benefit that we all improve. So I think that that understanding has been already installed. The first year was a discussion about still with this idea of the developing countries and try to see and now we have all this discussion about the universality of the agenda is off the table. Everybody understands and also has been in that phenomenon the issue of the refugees, the migrants and all this displaced population is very relevant and also has also faced the many countries with the reality that this problem is universal and also they have to deal and they have to commit to solve the overall. And I think that overall it has been an adoption and a sense of urgency on this one. And uh, I, I consider it has been very positive in terms of the take I, I see as a major commitment at the global level. And uh, hopefully, I, I, I eventually, we obviously were anxious and we are in a hurry to see the actions especially where action-oriented, but I think that overall it has been very positive, the progress. Well, Silvia Montoya, thank you so much for joining Fresh Head. Thank you so much for giving the opportunity and uh, good luck, and I hope it serves to actually to, to build kind of a stepping stone towards saving the environment. I, I hope so, and maybe you can come back in another three years and tell us how it's all going. Okay, thank you so much. Silvia Montoya is the director of the UNESCO Institute of Statistics. Today's episode of Fresh Ed was made possible through the support of the Graduate School of Education at the University of Tokyo and Education International. Please note that opinions expressed on Fresh Ed are solely those of the host or the guest interviewed. If you've liked what you've heard today, please rate us on iTunes. It really does help. Fresh Ed is made possible through listener donations. Please consider becoming a member of Fresh Ed by visiting freshedpodcast.com support. Fresh Ed's producers are Sherry Yang, Hong Zong, and Lushik Waba. An original music for Fresh Ed was created by Digital Primate. Thanks for listening. I'm Will Brem, and I'll be back next week.